plug this in through your strap. Yeah. That way, uh, if you have something stuck on your... All right. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sunday night service. Amen. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord with us this evening? Yes. Amen. We had a good time this morning talking about Rocktober. Yeah. And uh, man, it was just a really wild, fun time. And tonight is going to be awesome as well. My parents are out of town, so uh, you won't be seeing them tonight. But praise the Lord. Uh, that's, uh, they like to travel a little bit now these days. And they've earned that right. So I'm happy for them. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together. We're going to open up tonight by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Because we absolutely are going to see America come to Jesus. Who believes that with me tonight? Amen. All right, let's go ahead and speak these words together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise this evening. Amen. And you may be seated. All right. Well, let's see here. We'll go ahead and get into our announcements together tonight. Did anybody have some spaghetti for lunch today? Yeah, that was good, man. We had spaghetti lunches. Well, I'm hearing a lot of different responses here, but I only want good feedback, please. All right. I'm fragile. Leave me alone. Uh, no, it was great. We had spaghetti and uh, it all went to Harvest Fest. So I believe we've reached our fundraising goal, if I'm not mistaken. So amen. Let's praise God for that. Yes. And so we're going to have just a wonderful, wonderful Harvest Fest this year. And I'm really excited about all that God's done there. All right. Let's give you some updates on the construction behind us here. Uh, amen. We've had a lot happen this week. And so our plumbers came in and have repiped a whole bunch of stuff. And we're getting, uh, this may not sound exciting to you, but, uh, you know, hey, if you're in charge of a lot of this stuff, it excites you that we're getting commercial grade toilets with Sloan valves. So probably means nothing at all to you, but hey, it's a, it's a big deal, right? Very nice and expensive toilets for the church. Amen. And, uh, and so, uh, pretty soon they're going to be doing the flooring and all this stuff. The new bathrooms will be done. They're telling us by Harvest Fest. So within the next few weeks. So thank you, Jesus. We're really pushing for that. Uh, they've got a bunch of the drywall work. You may not be able to see it, but drywall work done back here by the stage. And some of it in the bathrooms is done. And then uh, we're going to be the, the platform, if you remember, is two different levels. We're bringing it up to all at one level. And so it's going to be very tall, but two new sets of stairs on it. It's going to look really, really nice. And they're doing some electrical to bring the electrical and audio work to the front area also. So, again, not stuff that you probably think about maybe so much, um, but it's really, really going to be a massive upgrade to us. And I'm telling you, these will be the nicest bathrooms in Barstow. Can I get an amen? Amen. At least on the north side of town or whatever this is. Uh, the east, what is this? I don't even, all right. So, all right. Thank you. Uh, Harvest Fest. Who's ready for some Harvest Fest? 
So just a man, just a couple weeks away here on the 28th, and so again, um, we've we've got the the uh, fundraising done. But what we need is candy, 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 candy. So keep bringing in bags of individually wrapped candy. Remember the youth group and children's church are having a competition. Whoever brings in more, so their two bins are back there by the bookstore. So toss candy in whichever set of kids you want to win. All right. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, we're going to do the best that we can there. We're going to pack 1500 bags of candy this year. So 1500 bags for the kids and they're going to be good bags. All right. Hey, our, we believe in a cup that runneth over like Psalm 23 talks about. So we want these bags full of the good stuff. Amen. So, uh, just please keep bringing in candy for all that. And, uh, this Tuesday night, who's available Tuesday night? Yes, you're available. Thank you. What, you know what you're going to be doing? You're going to be at H Street Park is where you're going to be at. Having the Lyft family picnic at the park, everybody. So uh, from 5 p.m. to dark on Tuesday at H Street. So bring some food for you and your family, maybe a little bit extra to share. And last time we did this in May, there was just a massive turnout. Everybody had such a good time and uh, just playing games, fellowship and hanging out. And so even if you're like, well, I'm not off by five, just get there when you get there. There's still going to be people having a good time. And so come out uh, this uh, Tuesday, all right? And Lawrence and Leah are in charge of our family ministry and they're doing a great job with that. So let's be there. And you got to remember, we are a family church. That's what we do. And we're trying to do as many events as we can to bless your family. All right. Uh, ladies, are the ladies in the house tonight? I don't know what's funny over here, but anyway, I, okay. All right, bro, 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 bro. It's good. It's good. Um, Friday night, ladies is the women's meeting. All right. Six 30. Uh, be there. They're having some Mexican food for dinner so you can bring a dish to share. And uh, my mom will be given the word that night. So ladies, come on out. 6.30 Friday. And then we tentatively have scheduled. All right. And so I just got a little uh, little asterisk beside the calendar on this. But our goal is on the last Sunday night of this month, October 30th, for the 6 p.m. service to have a great big party for our mortgage burning party. Amen. Yes. And so... In case you didn't hear, our church mortgage is getting paid off this month, and that is just a miracle dream come true. And uh, if you haven't heard the story, then ask me and I'll tell you sometime. But that's been a miracle, wonderful thing that's happened to us. And so uh, we're going to have a party on the last Sunday night of this month. It'll also be a chance to celebrate all the success of Harvest Fest that we already know is going to happen. And so we'll probably have, you know, a little bonfire, uh, you know, some hot dogs and just a bunch of really fun fall time stuff. Some pumpkin spice lattes. Am I right? <laughs> okay. Anyway, some of us will have those. The rest of you can just do whatever you do. All right. Anyway. All right. Um, one more thing I want to talk about is uh, our Christmas thing this year. Um, every year we try to do, uh, you know, something where we can be givers during the Christmas season. And this year we're partnering with Samaritan's Purse, which is the uh, charity organization that Billy Graham started. And now his son, Franklin Graham, runs. And they do a wonderful thing at Christmas called Operation Christmas Child. 
And what it is, is they'll send boxes uh, about the size of a shoe box to the church. And so we've got a bunch of those. And uh, they'll give you some information for a kid. And you will buy some Christmas presents that can fit in there. And they ship these boxes all over the world, everywhere, India, Africa, Ukraine, everywhere. And these little kids, this is their Christmas. What you give them is what they're getting because their mom and dad, they are not able to give them Christmas. And so anyway, it is a super cool opportunity for us. You know, it's like 10 bucks, which for most of us, you know, you spend that on coffee, you know, sometimes per day. All right. But for these kids, that is a just a wonderful life changing Christmas for them, something they've never had. So anyway, I've got a video. Is that able to be played, Jose? All right. This is a one minute video kind of showing you what it's all about. So let's go ahead and watch that. When those lids come off those boxes, you've never seen such pure joy. This is amazing. As you can see, the children's faces, they are excited as they open up the gifts for the first time. What makes the gifts more than just gifts is the message that comes with the gift. This is the opportunity for a child to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The mission of Operation Christmas Child never changes Children are coming to Jesus, and children are taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Millions of children around the world are being impacted by these simple shoebox gifts. One box can touch not just the child, but the whole family. So we need to keep packing those boxes and pray for the children that God will use this in a very special way. So thank you for being a part of it. God bless you. All right, very good. So we're really excited to get to be a part of that this year. Um, now, I think the deadline that we have to turn them in by is like November 14th or something. So we've got about a month, but um, they're right back there where Nick is at. So if you're interested on the way out, uh, go to the table there and they've got the information. You can take one of the boxes tonight and uh, just uh, be prepared to put, put some little gifts in it and really bless some kids. Who thinks that sounds like a pretty big deal? Amen. Because, you know. You know we're pretty blessed in the United States. you got to know that. And if you don't know, sign up for the Honduras trip in June because we'll show you real quick how good you've got. Amen. All right. Well, with all that being said, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it's happy time, which means it's time uh, for our Sunday night tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, raise your hands this evening, and we're going to go to Psalm 37. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 37. I'll be in the New King James. Psalm 37 and verse 4, and it's uh, maybe a familiar verse to you, and we kind of hit on this this morning, but Psalm 37 and verse 4 in the New King James, and man, this is a good verse. Check this out. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. He shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, a lot of people I've heard, they like to quote that verse, but a lot of them only quote part of the verse. They'll be like, man, you know, the good book says that he'll give you the desires of your heart, brother. And I'm like, yeah, it it, it does say that. But the first part of that verse is, you have to delight yourself in the Lord. And what does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? Well, I know one massive part of that is to simply obey God's word. 
Jesus said in John 14, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so, you know, a lot of people, they say they love the Lord. They want to talk about it all the time. And that's really good. But actions, they speak louder than words. And so Jesus said, if you want to really prove you love me, simply obey my commands. And so I'm encouraging you tonight that delighting yourself in the Lord would most definitely include obeying his word in every area, including the area of our tithing and our giving. And so if you're going to delight yourself in the Lord, you're not going to cut that out. You're going to absolutely be obedient to God's word, even with your finances. And what happens when we do that? He will give you the desires of your heart. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. Let's stand up together. Praise God. We're going to speak some words of faith over our giving. Who's starting to believe that these words of faith are actually like working? Anyone noticing that? Yeah, I'm catching on, man. I'm going to get into this even more. But let's uh, speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Worship at the altar with us tonight. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has a great need. See what our Savior has done. See how His love
thinking about that man isaiah tells us that his word never returns to him void it never returns empty he said it always accomplishes everything that i send it forth to do and so i just cannot encourage you enough that if you are dealing with something you have got to speak the word of god over that situation it never fails and there's a lot of things we can say and do that can result in failure. Even if we're like, no, it makes sense to me. Well, you're to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. And so I tell you and tell you and tell you, speak the word of God. It never returns void. It always accomplishes everything that he sends it forth to do. And as you're doing that, you can with boldness sing that he never fails because he never fails. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands one more time tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We praise you, Lord. And we ask that you would have your way in this service tonight, Lord. Speak to us. Give us your truth. And you said, Lord, that we are to be sanctified by your word and your word is truth. And so as we bring the word of God forth tonight, Lord, we know that it is sanctifying. It is cleansing us. It is washing us, Lord, of anything that we need washed from. And Lord, it is going to absolutely have a miraculous impact on our lives this evening. We love you and we praise you, Jesus, with everything that we are. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give him a shout of praise together tonight. Amen. 
The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Anybody learned that yet? That his mercy endures forever. Isn't that good news? I mean, if his mercy didn't endure forever, if it just, you know, uh, ran out or it was temporary, we'd be in some pretty bad shape right there. But praise the Lord. All right. Well, uh, this morning, if you were here, you've got a little feedback there, Tom. You can turn those mics off behind me if you need to. So uh, this morning we were talking about uh, Rocktober, right? And we were talking about, uh, man, how God is doing a wonderful and new thing. And one of the verses we looked at is going to be what our message tonight is based off of. And it's so important that you see this. But I hope you realize the wonderful things that God is doing, you know, in our church and in our community and in the name of Jesus doing wonderful things in your life because God wants to do some great things in your life right now. And uh, we pointed out that, hey, it's a new season and maybe there's things that didn't work for you before and it's because it wasn't it wasn't the season for it. But right now, this very well could be the season for it. And I know this much that God wants to do something really big for those that will trust him and have faith. Just like Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith in God. It is not rocket science, but it will change your world to have faith in God. All right. So the title tonight is this rivers in the desert, rivers in the desert. And we looked at uh, a verse this morning that uh, we're going to, that's going to be our main thing tonight, but that we get all this out of because you know, Hey, you live in the desert and we can appreciate water probably more than anybody else in the world can. Right. I grew up in Indiana. I grew up out in the woods and I didn't really have much of an appreciation for water because I was surrounded by it. I could walk out my back door any day, and without exaggeration, there's probably a million trees behind my house, and and that's probably saying it mildly. Trees, 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 and we would go out in the woods, me and Josh, little redneck boys, we'd be out there in the woods chasing squirrels and shooting things with our BB guns, being little hillbillies, and it was wonderful, great, great way to grow up, but there were streams and rivers and ponds and, and creeks and lakes everywhere there was abundant water and because of that there was lots of life everywhere and and because everything needs water to live and i'm going to show you some stuff that jesus said in the word but maybe you're in here and you are dry right now you're seeing some people just dancing with joy talking about how good it is and maybe you're sitting there like man i wish they would shut up Because I ain't feeling that. I am dry. I don't have anything good going on. But I'm going to tell you tonight how you can get some good stuff going on in your life. But you got to get into some of this living water that we're going to talk about. But let's look at Isaiah chapter 43. Who's with me tonight? Isaiah 43. Get some rivers in the desert. Now, I've lived here 15 years And I've seen water in that Mojave about three or four times. And the the first time was uh, about 2010, maybe 09, when I know it rained a bunch one winter, and there was a there's quite a bit of water down there. And so me and my brother Joe, who's even nuttier than any of us, he we go down there to the river. The boy, it's December, it's like 30 degrees outside. He gets down to just some shorts and jumps in the river, and people are like. Bro, that's filthy. What in the world is wrong with you? But hey, you appreciate some water, man, when you see it. So Isaiah 43 and 19, and I absolutely love this, man. This is just so describes where we are at 
right now in our life and in our church. Isaiah 43, 19, the Lord says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Can somebody say new thing? Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Rivers in the desert. And I love that so much because I recognize what a river represents. It represents life. It represents prosperity. It represents a fresh thing. And you know, when you have like a lake or a pond, uh, that's nice water. It's a freshwater source, but at the same time, it can get really stagnant, right? Because it's not moving around and, and really you don't want to drink out of one of those because, Hey, it's a stagnant water. There's all sorts of things growing in there, but when it comes to a river, it is rushing it is flowing. There is always something fresh, always something new going on. A river is a life giving powerful thing and it will refresh you in the greatest way possible if you know how to take advantage of it all right and so i'm going to talk about three things regarding rivers tonight and i'm talking about of course the river of god most importantly and the river that god is making in the desert for us all right so we're going to get into the word right here and look at three different things let's pray real quick Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we're already seeing in your word. And, Lord, we know that you are doing a new thing. And as we said this morning, we realize that you don't change, but sometimes you do a new and fresh thing in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that we would hook up with your word tonight in Jesus' name and attach ourselves to this. And we know, Lord, that if we've been dry, if we've been feeling like we're just dead spiritually, Tonight is the night that we could get a hold of this river that you have made in the desert for us. We love you and we praise your name. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen? All right, let's look here at number one. Rivers begin at a source from a higher area. Rivers begin at a source from a higher area. And I've I've read about the Mojave River that we have, one of the only rivers, I think... You know, you could maybe correct me on this, but I'm pretty sure it's one of only two rivers in North America that flow south to north. It's got a very strange thing, ironically. And, of course, it flows mainly underground, but it starts down there in the uh, San Gabriel Mountains and flows upstream out to uh, the desert there at about Zizix, and it comes to an end out there. But it all begins at a higher source. It flows down from the mountains, and this river is so wonderful that it can even flow from south to north. Uh, but the river that I'm mainly talking about tonight is the river that's flowing here, amen, in our midst. And the source of this river is heaven, right? It's heaven. That's better than any mountain. So let's go to the book of John tonight. John chapter 4. And we're going to look at a few things from John this evening. And this is a story of Jesus talking to the woman at the well. That's a whole wonderful story to read the whole thing. But we're just going to look at a few verses here. John chapter 4 and verses 13 through 14. And so Jesus, you know, walks up to the well there and this Samaritan woman's there and he's like, you know, hey, can you give me some water? And and they have this conversation. But but look at this. John chapter 4, verses 13 through 14. And uh, here's what Jesus said to her. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become 
thirsty again. Yeah, I mean, we drink natural water every day, and the thing is, is I can drink a bunch today, but by tomorrow I'm going to need more all over again. I can, I'm continuously thirsty, naturally speaking. But verse 14 says, But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And the King James talks about it as a, a well or a fountain uh, within them of living eternal life. And can you imagine that? Is somebody giving you a drink and saying, I'm going to give you this water, and if you drink it, you will never need to drink water again for the rest of your life. I'd be like, you are a liar. There's no way that there's, there's no drink like that. I love Gatorade. I drink too much of it, to be honest. But uh, listen, I'm still thirsty all the time. And so if somebody said, you drink this, this is the best drink ever. You'll never, ever even need to take a drink again. I would say that's not even possible. But Jesus wasn't talking about a cup of H2O. Jesus was talking about living water that springs up. It bubbles up from within you, within your heart in your spirit. And so, I mean, if you're like me, we all know people who are always thirsting for something else. They think if they could just find the right girl or the right gal, they'd finally be satisfied and have it all together. They think if they maybe had more money or lived somewhere else, that they'd finally be satisfied. They try thing after thing after thing, trying to satisfy a thirst that's on the inside of them But eventually you'll realize that you have a thirst and a craving and a desire on the inside of you that no thing, no one in this world could ever satisfy. The only way to satisfy this desire and quench this thirst is through living water. And Jesus told this woman, hey, you drink this, I promise you'll never need anything else again. This is the answer to everything What if we told you that tonight? You're searching for answers. You're looking for stuff. What if I said, I've got something right here. If you'll just take this and receive it, it'll solve everything. This is the answer to all of your problems. Well, I've got that answer, and it's Jesus. Yeah, I tried that. I'm not talking about trying Jesus. I'm talking about making Jesus your Lord and Savior and giving him full access to your life. Because what I found out is... You know, uh, Revelation 3 tells us, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open up, I will come in and be with them. And he said, I will dine with them. And I've I've seen a lot of us, and maybe I'm sure I've been there too, where Jesus has been knocking and we say, Jesus, come on in and bring your blessings with you while you're at it. Bring some of that money. Bring some of that peace. Bring some of that joy. Bring some of that healing. Bring it in. And Jesus comes in. And we're like, Jesus, you can go in this room. You can go in this room. Stay out of that. You can't go in that room, all right? We're just going to close the door to that room. Stay out of that one. You can, uh, yeah, you could go in there. Don't go in that room or that room. Other than that, my life is yours, except for these areas. Those aren't yours. Those are still mine, and I don't want you to touch those. Is that making Jesus your Lord, or is that saying, Jesus, really, I'm going to call the shots. I just want you to bring the good stuff. You know, bring your checkbook, Jesus. Bring bring the blessings, and, uh, you know, and you can come into the areas that I'm comfortable with. Listen. 
your life will not change like it needs to change until you give Jesus an all-access pass to your life and say, you know what, nothing's off limits. Come in, and if you need to change something, if you need to rearrange something, if you need to tell me that I am dead wrong, Jesus, tell me I'm wrong because I want to be right with you. I am tired of living like this. I need living water. And it only comes if we give Jesus the all-access pass to our life and say, you know what, nothing's off limits, Jesus. Come in, and you can just do whatever you need to do. I'm telling you, there's been times that I've, you know, wanted Jesus to stay out of some of the rooms of my life, but when I let him in, listen, it always gets better. He's not there to rub your face in your sins, or he's not there to, to make you feel like a lowly piece of dirt. He's here to say, let's, let's clean it up, and I'm going to show you a better way. Anybody notice that? Isn't Jesus good, man? Jesus is wonderful. He is, he is full of love and compassion and mercy. And I love that about Jesus. Look at John chapter 7. John chapter 7. So here we have Jesus at a, a Jewish festival, the festival of shelters or uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, maybe your Bible might say. And really, this was kind of their harvest fest, believe it or not, of that time. The, the festival, um, I'll just fill you in on that, but we're going to look at John chapter 7 here. But the festival called the Feast of Shelter, there was a week-long harvest festival that they uh, threw in their autumn time of year. It marked the end of the busy harvest season and the end of the Jewish year. And so for the Festival of Shelters or the, the Feast of Tabernacles, people made these temporary little booths or shelters from branches. And they picnicked underneath these shelters in the mild autumn weather. Amen. Who's ready for some of that mild autumn weather? Amen. Let's bring that in. If you have any, you know, access to that, bring it on in. I'm done with this 90 stuff. But anyway, so this was also their harvest festival. And, uh, it was just a wonderful time for them. And they commemorated their, their, uh, their time in the wilderness, in the desert, when they lived under these makeshift, uh, uh, Shelters, shelters that they had, all right? But here we go. John chapter 7, verse 37. So this is a, imagine a big time festival or carnival or something maybe you've been to, the, you know, the county fair or whatever. And so Jesus stands up in the middle of it, almost like he's a vendor selling, you know, Coke and Gatorade or something. And he gets up and he shouts in front of everybody and it probably throws them off. But verse 37 on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. And they're probably thinking, oh, good, man, someone's got a cold drink over there. But listen, verse 38, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. As the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And so people are like, what is this guy selling? What? I know, I mean, I've never heard of rivers of living water. What in the world is living water? Well, he goes on to tell you in the next verses that he was actually speaking of the Holy Spirit who had not been poured out just yet. But, uh, but Jesus offered here this rivers of living water and it probably confused people, but those that will receive the living water, it will change your life. So again, rivers 
come from a higher elevation somewhere, right? And uh, and I want to show you where this river that's flowing right here in our midst right now in 2022 came from. So I want you to go to Revelation 22, Revelation 22. And here is, uh, again, John wrote the book of Revelation, but it is the revelation he received from from the Lord. But Revelation 22, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. And so John has this vision of heaven, and really the new Jerusalem here is what we're looking at. But Revelation 21 and 22, actually 22 and verses 1 and 2. And so here's what John sees right here. It is a river in heaven. Check this out. This is a beautiful, beautiful scene. Revelation 22, verse 1. It says, Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life. I've seen that phrase time and time again tonight. A river, a water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Oh my goodness, can you imagine this? I mean, you think you've seen some pretty waters? Maybe you have. I, you know, I've seen some neat water, some clear, beautiful water. One of my favorite is the Kings River up in the uh, Kings Canyon National Park. It's beautiful. It's clear. It's flowing. It's it's fresh. It is incredible. But imagine this right here. Water, the river of life flowing right out of the throne of God. Clear as crystal. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine this? Verse 2. It says, it flowed down the center of the main street. So right down the main street of heaven, there's a river. And it's the river of life. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. What? I mean, look at this. This is incredible. A new crop each month, and the leaves were used as a medicine to heal the nations. And what are the nations? The nations are the people. The Greek word is ethnos, the the ethnic, the ethnos, the people of this world. These leaves are used as a medicine to heal the nations. This is living water. It brings health and healing to you when you receive it. So number two tonight, we're talking about rivers in the desert, and I'm talking about a river in your life. Number two, rivers bring life. Rivers bring life. Now, we don't have a see a lot of wildlife here in the desert. There's some, and some donkeys out there and stuff like that. But, but there, you know, the reason we don't see tons of wildlife is because there's not an abundant above-ground water source. Uh, I took Jesse over there to Indiana back in 2016, and I kept telling him, we went in March, and I'm like, dude, you're going to see deer everywhere. And he he's like, no. And I'm like, they're every, they're a nuisance. They're like on top of themselves. They're annoying. Everyone I know has hit at least a deer or two, sometimes multiples at the same time. And so you got deer hair sticking out of cars and everything, and they're huge. They're not little mule deer. They're these white-tailed deer, and they're massive, and they're delicious. But anyway... <laughs> Besides, so we're there a few nights, and he's like, man, I haven't seen any deer. You're making this up. So I'm like, all right. What do we do? We drove out to a cornfield, 
I parked the car and I put the brights on and we illuminated the field and we counted 10 deer like right there in front of us just jumping around. And it's like, how, where are, what are, what's up with this? Well, listen, when there is a fresh and good water source, there is life. And you know, you may, and, and if you're here anything, and man, some of you guys really got life. You're excited. You're joyful. You mean, you seem like you're so excited. We are. We're drinking living water up in here, people. And it, it, it does something to you. It does something to you that sports could never do for you. That watching movies could never do for you. That making a bunch of money could never do for you. Those things will leave you empty and dry, but the river of life will leave you satisfied and feeling really, really good. And so we're talking about living water. Let's look at Psalm chapter 1. Psalm 1, amen. Now, you know, most every city, I don't know if you've done this, but look on a map and you'll see that every major city is built right next to a, usually a river. Sometimes, you know, maybe it's the ocean if you're on the coast, but every major city is built right next to a river because they, there's a good water supply there. And so you'll look back and look at the history of any of our U.S. cities, and, and you'll see that some people moved there because there was water and wildlife and whatnot. More people joined in, and next thing you know, you've got a big old city on your hands because there's water, there's life, there's there's food, there's provision. It's all there because of the water. And so I think we just need a few of us to settle by the river of life around here. And I guarantee you that others will join in and do the same. And next thing you know, you got a good thing on your hands. Amen. And so Psalm chapter one, one of my favorite Psalms, and I've said that by about approximately 150 of the Psalms, but anyway, Psalm chapter one, but I, I, I mean it this time. I really mean it this time. I really like Psalm one. It's really good. So Psalm one, and we're going to look at just the first three verses here it says oh the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers and maybe you're like well i don't have much joy in my life well there could be a great number of reasons why you wouldn't have joy but this list a couple of them at least three reasons potentially why you wouldn't have joy do you follow the advice of wicked people I mean, I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but I'm just saying, like, some of you are looking at me like, hey, how would you know? No, listen, listen, I just say, hey, I don't know, it's between you and God, but if you follow the advice of wicked people, you are not going to have a joyful life. They're going to tell you to do things that make sense to them, but they do not line up with God's word, and there's no way you're going to get joy living like that. And so, uh, there's joy for those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners. Yeah, man, but you're supposed to be up next to... I, hey, listen. Yeah, Jesus ate with sinners and dined with them, but he didn't do it so, you know, he could come down to their level. He did it to get them the gospel. And so you need to watch yourself standing around with sinners. I didn't come to here to hear that preacher. I hear, came to hear something. No, I'm talking to you right now. Listen, you're going to wreck your life if you spend most of your time hanging around with sinners. They will bring you down. You're supposed to have an influence you're supposed to, you know, we're in the world. You're, Yeah, we're going to be around them. We're going to be friendly. We're going to do everything we can to reach them and love them and everything. But the majority of my hanging out with is going to be with godly people. Amen. And I'm just telling you, it's the word of God. You're not going to have much joy if most of your time is hanging out with, standing around with sinners 
or God forbid, it leads to this joining in with mockers. That's a dangerous place to be. And so usually I've seen this verse as kind of a progression. Usually I'll see someone start to kind of follow the advice of the wicked. Next thing you know, they're standing around with sinners. And next thing you know, they're literally joining in with mockers and mocking and making fun of the same Bible that they used to share with other people. You believe that? (laughs) Wow. Old school. It's 2022. What's wrong with you, man? And the same Bible that at one point changed their life, they're now mocking and scoff. But it never starts there. I don't know anybody that's just been on fire for God, man, just absolutely on fire for Jesus. And all out of nowhere, they're a mocker. No, no, it's a progression. It's a progression. It starts with these three things right here. Anyway, that's not my sermon. Let's go to number. Let's go to verse two. All right. Uh, but what about these people that have the joy of the Lord? Well, verse two says they delight in the law of the Lord. What's the law of the Lord? It's the word of God. It's the scriptures. It's the Bible. They delight in it. They love it. They are meditating on it day and night. Do you know what meditating on the Bible means? Does it mean you cross your legs and do this and say, home? Oh, no, no, no. It's, no, it's not that. Uh, that's that's a, like a, a, a Middle Eastern type of thing. The, the, the meditation of the Bible, the Hebrew meditation, the Jewish meditation, and what we as New Testament Christians would do is repeating the Bible over the word, the law, the Bible over and over to yourself, repeating it. In fact, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your heart, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Only then, as you observe it, will you begin to you know, receive everything that God has for you. And so when it says meditate the word, what's it mean? Speak the word of God. And so I promise you, I promise you, promise. And you know I don't use that word often. I promise you. If you will meditate the word of God, man, you go around speaking it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. You know, and and you go around speaking the word of God. You better look out, dude. Your life is about to explode with awesomeness. And I know that's not a theological term, but I'm okay to say that right now because I feel it. I'm telling you right now, if you would meditate the word of God, the joy that you would have and the life that you would have would absolutely shock you. Let's look at verse 3. So these people that are not following the wicked and hanging out with sinners and joining in with mockers, but they're delighting in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night, what are they like? They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. That's impossible. Didn't you just read Revelation 22 where it says that the tree of life in heaven, it bears a new crop each season? And so one month maybe it grows apples. Maybe the next month it grows oranges. Maybe the next month it grows pomegranates. Maybe the next month it grows pears. I don't know what it's doing up there, but I know there's a new and fresh fruit each and every season. And so it says right here that if you are like that, you are going to bear fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. And they prosper in all they do. All they do. All they do. Now, that doesn't just happen for anybody. Any and everybody. No, it happens for those that absolutely take God's word seriously. And, and, and they meditate on it. And they delight in it. And they love it. And I'm telling you, I want to be a tree with my roots planted right beside 
the river of living water. And you can do that. Oh, you can do that. But it's going to take you saying no to some things and saying yes to Jesus and saying, yeah, I'm going to make time for you, Jesus. I'm going to make sure that this happens. And so this can happen for you, but it is going to take being uh, very intentional about your life. All right, let's go on to the third thing tonight is this. You need to jump in the river to receive the blessing. You need to jump in to receive the blessing. Now, imagine with me, if you will, it's 120 degrees outside and it's August in Barstow. You ever been there? You feeling it already? I'm feeling it. In fact, it's starting to, yeah, I'm feeling that, yeah. And imagine on top of all that, it's one of those strange and peculiar humid days, all right? It's 120, it's humid, you're miserable, you know, your husband walks in and you're like, ah, I don't even want to talk, get away, all right? It's one of those days, right? And so it's nasty and it's humid, but imagine this, that in front of you is a beautiful body of water and it's cool and refreshing. What are you going to do? Hey, if you're like me, I'm just going to jump right in with my clothes and everything. I will stop at nothing to get in to the water. Amen. That's where the cool off is. That's where the blessing is. And I know some Christians that are about as miserable right now as I am on an August humid day in Barstow. And, and there is a river of revival flowing right down through here and they're refusing to jump in. And I'm telling you right now, jump in. Just get in the water. Do it. Get in right now. How do you do it, man? Jump in. Worship God. Praise God. Get your Bible out. Pray to God. Do something, but jump in the river and quit dying of exhaustion out there. It doesn't have to be that way. Now, I'm not, I'm the type of guy, I'm not content to just see everybody else getting blessed and refreshed and having a good time. I want in on the action too. And so, if it's there, I want it. Look at Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Amen. Are you glad you came tonight? Forget Sunday night football. I don't even know who's playing, but amen. Praise God. Alright, Acts chapter 3. So we're talking about some times of refreshing. Some times of Refreshing. Check this out. Acts chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. And we are talking about the river of life. Where the river is, there is life. There is prosperity. There is healing for the nations. There is, I mean, all sorts of stuff. But Acts chapter 3... I'm going to look here at verses 19 and 20. And here we have, this is uh, Peter preaching in the temple there, right, man, when the church is starting. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Now repent of your sins and turn to God. That's the first step. So that your sins may be wiped away. Verse 20. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. I love this, man. Repent of your sins. Turn to God. And then what happens? There will be times of refreshment from the presence of the Lord. How do you get into the presence of God? Well, one massive way is this. The Psalms tells us time and time again 
about entering into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, worshiping God. You don't understand how powerful worship is. Worship, I mean, even music in general is very powerful. You know that, right? That music itself is one of the most powerful things. It does something to the soul. What's the soul? Well, it's the emotions. And so 